You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice, and ideas, helping businesses and governments prepare for the future. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Trowers Talks Real Estate. My name is Julian Allen. I'm a partner in Trowers and Hamlins Real Estate Group, and I specialize in leisure and, in particular, London restaurants and clubs. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast today Baton Barisha. Baton is MD of the Ivy Collection of Restaurants and indeed all of Richard Caring's group of restaurants. Baton's worked with Marco Pierre White, Gordon Ramsay at Royal Hospital Road, and Heston Blumenthal, as well as DD and others. But he now heads up all of Richard Caring's Empire of Restaurants. We're very fortunate to have him. Good afternoon, Baton. Good afternoon, Julian. Nice to talk to you. Well, it's great to have you. I want to ask some sort of general questions about what you do now before we move on to things that particularly touch real estate. In terms of the Ivy restaurants and indeed Richard's restaurants in general, uh, how would you describe what, what it is that, uh, that, that you have that marks you out as a kind of offering? Well, Richard Caring is obviously uh, a well-known entrepreneur regarded as a king of restaurants in in United Kingdom. So uh, Richard has a variety of restaurants within United Kingdom from ranging from Bill's restaurants, which is uh, casual dining chain restaurants across UK, to the Ivy Collection. Uh, so everyone knows uh, of the Ivy Restaurant West Street and uh, Five years ago, we've expanded that by offering uh, some of the Ivy, what we call the Ivy Magic, to the rest of the United Kingdom, as well as uh, uh, Scotland and Dublin. And then we have the Caprice restaurants, uh, the likes of Scots and Sexy Fish. And also we have Burley Clubs, uh, which include the likes of Annabelle's, Harry's Bar, and George Club. So essentially, we, we, we have a group of different type of restaurants offering something for everyone. In Bills, hugely successful for breakfast, for example, uh, lots of family dining. In the Ivy, we've uh, strategically we've been creating a, a group of restaurants which is accessible for everyone, essentially from family to uh, business clients to uh, residents to uh, younger uh, demographic of our guests that come in, in in different parts of UK. And then with the likes of Scots, which is a bit more serious, elderly clientele that's fair to go to the likes of Scots, basically, which is a more serious dining. And then private members club, essentially clubs for our members like the Annabelle's. It's an astonishing place to be uh, with huge reputation. So, uh, you know, Richard has managed to, uh, with his vision, to create an empire of restaurants like you, you, you called it, Julian, with uh, offering something for everyone in different parts of U- UK and internationally also. Like you mentioned, I oversee all the businesses. And, uh, yeah, so my day-to-day job is to make sure that these restaurants operate successfully and uh, essentially uh, you know we put guests first and make sure that they satisfied and they return and they're happy with what we do there's a certain signature panache to all of these places that you've named isn't there you can you sort of feel when you're in um a, a richard caring restaurant or a richard caring establishment you sort of feel there are similarities between them even though they're all very different as you've described is that fair yeah, there are some similarities, and I think what you'll find in them is the sheer investment that we put towards the businesses, and I think that is crucial when it comes to 
creating a successful restaurant and an individual restaurant and also a group of restaurants. So we, uh, to have the backing of Richard for, for, for myself and the rest of the team is uh, incredibly important. Uh, so in, in that sense, yes. And with that, obviously, we can afford to ensure that we invest on the businesses when it comes to the quality of product that we provide and the quality of service and the atmosphere that we provide in our restaurants. And essentially, anything that guests sees, touches, feels, tastes, those are the important things on, on, on pillars, if I can say that way. Someone wishing to operate a successful restaurant has to ensure that they hit at all times. And uh, I think that that's what we do well. And with that, we obviously develop a, a strong brand and reputation yeah. in our restaurants. And hence why the likes of Scott's and the Ivy and the Harry's Bar, Annabelle's, Sexy Fish, they're all quite successful restaurants. Indeed. Indeed. Um that links in rather well to my next question, Baton, which, which is the one that everybody's asking when we talk about leisure and hospitality operators. How did COVID-19 affect your business, your businesses? Well, I think like uh, all the restaurants in the industry, all, all the industry itself, including the uh, retail, we were hugely affected because of the uncertain times as to uh, what was going to happen this year? Remember, during the first time the government announced the closure of all the restaurants, yeah. you know, we have to be incredibly reactive in order to adapt ourselves very quickly and uh, ensure that uh, uh, we have uh, a very quick strategy in order to cope with uh, all the change of rules and guidelines in order for us to have a business, uh, basically. And uh, we managed to do that incredibly well. Uh, what is sad to see these days, you can see the impact that COVID has had in the industry across UK with uh, many restaurant groups going either in CVA or in administration. It's, it's very, very sad to see. But I think from our perspective, we were growing, especially in the Ivy collection, we were growing quite uh, rapidly with uh, 43 restaurants. Essentially, uh, we've opened in past five and a half years ago, we've opened the first Ivy Market Grill or the Ivy restaurant in, in Covent Garden. Yeah. So we've had plans for the growth uh, and we had to stop, rethink, postpone a little bit and uh, assess where we are. And now, obviously, uh, we managed to handle the whole uh, COVID issues quite well uh, with uh, implementing new processes and procedures and ensuring that we adapt uh, ourselves with different guidelines in different parts of UK, i.e. in Wales, for example, there are different guidelines today in, uh, in, in Manchester. You, uh, Manchester is in Tier 3. Uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh is between... Uh, each other even though they in, in the same country they have different guidelines and then Dublin is different guidelines and when you're dealing with uh, 130 140 restaurants uh, across all four groups you can imagine the sheer planning and strategy that you 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 have to implement to ensure that you uh, operate in a very as successful way as possible, basically. So so yeah. So uh, from 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 our perspective, what COVID has done is uh, is put a stop to our growth uh, this year, and we needed to reassess everything, restructure a little bit, adapt, uh, ensure that uh, 
they operate in a different way. For example, from the time that uh, the guests come into our restaurants these days, we have a number of uh, processes in place to ensure that the guests and our employees are safe uh, while working under uh, this pandemic. So the CCTV, uh, thermal CCTV temperature checks, uh, Im- imagery that we've installed in all our receptions to check in the staff with temperatures on a daily basis to develop in a, uh, a software where we maintain health checks for all our employees on a daily basis to employ in uh, health and safety professionals to deal strictly with COVID measures to uh, implement in separating uh, screens between tables and uh, yeah. uh, all sorts of stuff that we've done in order to ensure that we uh, operate safely to protect our employees and protect the guests we have implemented. For example, in Mayfair, we've hired a doctor and a nursing team and we uh, check all our employees and test them on a weekly basis to ensure that they not infected with COVID. So we, we prevent uh, staff from going and working in our uh, restaurants if they were infected. And obviously, uh, you can imagine that loss, the, the, this pandemic is, uh, in, in a sense, with uh, lots of people are having the COVID without realizing that they're having it with no symptoms. Yeah, right. So in, in that sense, we, we, we've done everything I feel that we, we could to make sure that uh, we operate in, in this environment. And then there's uh, other side of operating the businesses and making sure that uh, you retain as many staff employees as possible and the guests obviously feel satisfied and happy with coming to our restaurants. So Yeah, I mean, it seemed to me, perhaps I was looking at it to, uh, in my way, but it seemed to me that when the first lockdown ended, your group of restaurants were, were you know really kind of grabbed the bull by the horns. I don't know what the numbers were like in your restaurants as soon as uh, the restrictions were ended in the summer, but there were a lot, a lot of people wanted to eat out and missed eating out most when they were stuck uh, stuck at home. And 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 I think from from my experience, I went to a couple of Ivies and and everything was all very well set up. It felt safe. The employees were happy. Uh, did did you see? A resurgence? Did you see a resurgence in loyalty? Did you, did you see the idea that you'd what you'd set up was paying dividends in terms of people wanted to go back to the Ivy? They 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 felt that that you you had grabbed control of, of what you needed to do. Yeah, I think uh, that reassurance was uh, there from uh, you know though the first lockdown was people were a little bit more nervous to come out of the lockdown and didn't know what to ex- expect. We almost had to inform our guests as to what measures we would take in order to protect our guests and protect employees and that we will operate in the same in a, in a safe environment with regards to uh, loyalty from our guests we are very lucky and fortunate enough that we have built uh, a, a large amount of our clients who uh, uh, return to our restaurants and that is due to numerous reasons operating restaurants in a uh, in an environment where the service uh, is paramount to be good all the time the, f- the consistency of food and has to be excellent all the time etc etc so from from that perspective i feel that also we've had an easier perhaps in comparison to some of the more casual dining where they have been more affected due to covid we've had an easier 
time in a sense because we've built that loyalty for a number of years with our clients mm, and yeah. uh, i think we're uh, again very sad to see but clearly the most uh, effective restaurants are those restaurants where are potentially individually funded uh, smaller small smaller groups uh, and some larger groups itself who in 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 some sense uh, perhaps they uh, the, the strategy was on generating profit rather than concentrating a long-term strategy on running a successful business, i.e. by building a loyal client base, if that makes sense. Indeed. Indeed. Baton, uh, you can probably see many challenges on the landscape. I can see two in particular. Um, the, the, the first one is what, what, what I might call the new normal. In, in other words, what are people's dining uh, habits going to be uh, if they're not commuting to work as often now that uh, we have found out as a result of lockdown that agile working is not sort of the end of the world. Um, I wonder about uh, those of your restaurants which are in areas w- which relied on business lunches, whether you expect there to be a real drop-off. Uh, that's the first question. And the second one is is Brexit, and in particular to do with hiring and staff. C- could you perhaps give me your thoughts about um about business dining and, and commuters and where you see the future uh, for your operations, um, given that agile working is likely to be on the agenda? So my, my view is that long term, I think things will come back to normal. Uh, and I generally believe that. Now, short term, we need to adapt and we need to learn a, a new way of operating as business. And we need to also accept uh, that short term, there will be differences or in business levels in different parts of, of UK. What we are lucky to have is that we, because we are published in different parts of uh, and regions, essentially, if people, hypothetically speaking, uh, staying home in Tunbridge Wells and they're not going to work in the city, then we've got restaurants in Tunbridge Wells that can accommodate them. So in a sense, we have seen some growth in uh, suburbs and we have seen some decline in central London, specifically Highlight in the city, for example, where the office workers were encouraged to stay home or asked to stay home during the pandemic. Now, whether this uh, is a long-term effect, I do not believe so. Uh, purely in my experience, I there are absolutely many industries that people can work from home, but I think long-term business leaders prefer to have their employees in their office. And my view is that uh, purely, they, you know, an employee in the office, it, it's seen by uh, business leaders that uh, they, they can be more productive. Now, there's question marks around that because I've got friends that work from home now and they say to me that they're more productive than ever by, by being home. But long term, I think the industry itself will be affected and a lot of restaurants, lots of restaurants will be closed. Lots of jobs will be lost and I think we we still have a couple of months to see what's going to happen, especially with from January onwards with uh, the rent moratorium uh, ending in end of December. Uh, I think lots of business leaders who have not paid rent for a number of months now essentially will lose their businesses if they can't afford to pay their rents and jobs will be lost. Uh, now, from where we stand as a business, I think we've, we've got to be, we, we are in uh, an okay position can continue to operate in obviously a very challenging environment. But uh, I, I truly believe that there is a light in the end of the tunnel, especially with vaccine announced today, approved in UK, and with all the good news coming coming months. By summer, next time, we'll, st- we'll start seeing uh, a slight difference with people being able to go out more and 
perhaps tourists uh, returning in our country also. So it's a long term. You know, I think things will come back to normal. The the strongest will survive and a lot of uh, businesses will be affected. As I said, retail also is going to be hit hard because of uh, change of behavior, which has started long few years ago, but with people mainly shopping online rather than physical shops. So we just need to understand what the guest expectations are and adapt to that and, 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 and continue as uh, we have planned before. It's, it's, it's no news to, to, to people that a lot of freedom of movement is something in terms of your staff, which has been important, I think, for restaurants in London in particular. I can't speak for other cities. Is there a crisis around hiring in um, in hospitality? For obvious reasons. I think, uh, you know, thousands of people have lost their jobs. So now you advertise for a job, you've got hundreds of employees uh, asking for a job. And it's, 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 it's very, very sad to see. There came a time in the industry where the industry was uh, basically needed more chefs specifically. And things have changed now. And the, with, with Brexit happening also in end of December, you know, we are prepared ourselves. We, you have to register for uh, supporting or sponsoring employees coming from uh, post uh, December 31st. We've already done that. We've prepared. Uh, there will be a lot of demand from EU, I think, moving forward also with employees coming to the country to work in the hospitality industry. But, you know, I think, I, I think for the next year and a half, two years, there will not be an issue with restaurants being able to find employees purely because of what has happened in, in the last few months. Bear in mind that the industry employed about three, three and a half million people, uh, which uh, is the fourth largest employer uh, in UK and which make, I believe makes a share of about nine and a half percent of the total uh, UK employment. So what we need to do is also the government needs to recognize this and evolve you know, the industry has been asking for a minister of hospitality to be appointed. And I think we absolutely it's absolutely crucial that we are recognized as the businesses that can bring a lot of jobs in the yeah. industry. Only it's, a key, it's, a key, it's, it's a key industry in the UK. It's it, not just subsistence, but also tourism as well. Um, I, I, I completely agree. And I think the idea of a minister for hospitality is is not at all fanciful. I I, I really I really share that, that that idea with you. I mean, in the in the past five and a half years, we've created about six thousand jobs through Ivy Collection, and that shows the impact of you know. And with plans that we've had already in the business, that shows you know what the hospitality industry can do. We we employ currently about eleven thousand employees across four our, our four groups. And, uh, you know, with, with uh, potential support from government and a, a clear strategy and direction whereby they listen to business leaders and, and, and they work to, together with the business leaders, I think things can improve in the future. What is disappointing is that it seems that lots of decisions that have been made in the past a few months were majority of political decisions rather than decisions made based on uh, data and facts. Uh, now, who am I to say that the government is doing something wrong? But, uh, you know, the fact that they have not produced any data showing factual information, I think it's concerning from where we stand. And I think that's uh, really unfair and not right and, and just to thousands of employees that have lost their jobs and business leaders that losing their businesses potentially. So I think 
from my point of view is the government needs to be aware and listen and adapt and and do whatever is necessary to support the industry uh, as as well as retail as as I mentioned before with Debenhams losing Debenhams losing 12 12,000 jobs uh, in rest now there are other reasons as to uh, why uh, presumably Debenhams uh, has not performed well but uh, ultimately I think the support of the government needs to be there and business leaders need to be consulted before they make certain decisions. But on, uh, finally, if there's anybody listening to this who is interested in investing in, in restaurants and investing in F&B and hospitality, um, what sort of message would you, would you say for the future? You, you, your, your general discourse seems to be optimistic about... Um, the sector, if it's done well, and if people are learning lessons from the likes of Ivy Collection, etc. You, you, what do you say to investors in the sector going forward? Uh, I, I think that uh, eventually things are going to come back to normal. And from the investors' perspective, I think uh, there's huge opportunities uh, long term in the United Kingdom to invest in, in in the industry. As you said, things have to operate. Well, uh, these days the behavior of uh, of uh, guests have, ha- has changed. They they want to know what they're spending the money in, uh, into. They they uh, it has the, the business proposition has to be very good value for money. And uh, once you hit those pillars that I talked earlier, then there's no reason why uh, business can't succeed once we come out of this pandemic. That's terrific, Baton. I'm so grateful to you for giving up your time to speak to us today. And uh, I wish you all the very, very best of luck with uh, with your businesses. You've got plenty on your plate, uh, <laughs> if you don't mind my using that expression. Um, and I should let you go. Uh, just to say once again, you know, a, a huge thanks uh, to you for your time. Thank you, Julian. Very good to talk to you. Thank you so much. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.